Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And I've even got a visual aid. I've got two actually. There's Jesus risen again. We'll pop that there. And here's the tomb with the stone that's being rolled away. And look, it even works. See? <laughs> We've been so blessed to have our grandchildren living with us. And uh, our oldest, uh, the older one, um, Aria, made those out of, out of cardboard. And I brought back memories because I used to make trucks and tractors out of wheat bix boxes so <laughs> but anyway isn't it awesome uh to to see the children enter in we're sort of we've gone from counting down the days till we get our house back to treasuring every day we've got with them yeah so anyway he is risen yeah luke 24 2 says they found the stone rolled away from the tomb a few years ago uh, gospel singer Lauren Daigle was invited on to the Alan DeGeneres show to sing and to be interviewed. And uh, she saw that as a great um, honor to be invited onto this very highly rated uh, guest talk show in America and a chance to share her faith through music. And the song she chose to sing was Still Rolling Stones, a powerful statement about the fact that Jesus is alive and he's still removing obstacles uh, to us finding true life. And after the show, every guest got a free copy of her latest album, which had a lot of really meaningful Christian songs on it. However, uh, Lauren received quite a barrage of criticism for agreeing to go on to the show, and it was mainly from Christians who did not agree with Alan's choice of lifestyle, but Lauren was simply being light and salt to a generation that had lost their way. Lauren was, in a sense, imitating Jesus, who was also greatly criticized as well for being a friend uh, to Zacchaeus, a friend to Mary Magdalene, and many others. Jesus was continually offending and surprising those who knew of God but really didn't know the heart of God. And it was, in fact, the powerful religious spirits that really led to Jesus' sham of a trial and his ultimate death on a cross. So once again, in today's passage from Luke 24, we see Jesus surprising even those from his most intimate circle. The group of women that were at the tomb early, including Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James and Joanna, who arose early to perform the routine Middle Eastern dressing of spices, must have felt an initial wave of, of shock and then sort of almost horror as they looked in to this empty tomb. When they saw the stone there would have been a gasp and then a, a shock looking in. They found it empty and they must have thought, you know, who on earth would steal a body? Well, the answer, of course, was no one. 
No one had anything to gain by stealing the body of Jesus unless they could produce it intact a day or so later. There was nobody because he was resurrected by God's Holy Spirit. And the fact that Jesus had repeatedly foretold of his impending death and resurrection seemed to have been lost in all the emotional roller coaster moments of the previous three days. So, how could this group of solid supporters so easily forget all they had been told would and must happen to fulfill prophecy and God's ultimate plan? Would we have been any different? Jesus had been riding such a high high wave of popularity that just the week before the crowd gave him a joyful entry into the city that we now refer to as Palm Sunday. How quickly his warning of what would happen to him was laid aside in the hours after his death. There was also a lot of emotional attachment to to the, the, the notion, this notion that Jesus would end the tyranny of the Romans. You see, things had got so tense that Israel was on the cusp of a, of a revolt. Um, they were rising up and forming little groups to fight the Romans. And who better to lead them to victory over the Romans, they thought, than Jesus? Even his disciples had still not grasped the concept of a superior victory spiritually that would last for all eternity. Imagine if Jesus had succumbed to what people wanted him to do. Imagine if he had stepped aside from the cross. Imagine if we didn't have this eternal life and resurrection victory that we now can enjoy. So how did the risen Jesus handle all this unbelief from his closest disciples. You know, it's so often those people closest to us that we that matter their opinion matters the most or can hurt us the most. What were the keys to getting them mission ready within a matter of weeks? He only had a limited time. How was Jesus going to turn these guys and girls around from 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 this? Unbelief that was just rampant through the group. Well, let's find out by turning to Luke 24. And we're going to read the story of the, the road to Emmaus. And I've called this message Emmaus Encounters. Emmaus Encounters. So let's start reading from verse 13. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were conversing with each other about all these things which had taken place. And it came about that while they were conversing and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still looking sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? 
<laughs> and they said to him, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word and the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Not sure quite what that has to do with it, but anyway. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said they that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the woman also had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he would go further. And they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. And he went in and, and to stay with them. And it came about that when he had reclined at the table, um, with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. You know, Jesus just happened to meet two believers on their way. It was no accident. I was just saying he just happened to meet these believers on the way to Emmaus, and it, it was about an 11-kilometer journey. It's quite a long walk. And we're not sure, actually, the identity or the gender of the second person. But we're told that Cleopas is one of the two. And I'd like to actually think it might have been a husband and wife heading home from a very emotional stay in Jerusalem. Um, you might disagree. That version does say what you, know, you mean, but um, that could be... A generic term. Uh, other versions don't say that they're both men. Or so you know, I, I'd like to think it was a couple. But anyway, that's me. Uh, from this encounter on, this dusty road, we learn four keys, four keys as to how Jesus planned to hand on the baton. So here we go. Key number one was Jesus listened to them. Verse 19, he asks, what things? He's more or less saying, go on, tell us, tell me the story, tell me how you're feeling. Jesus, he genuinely wanted them to offload their grief and sadness at recent events. He, he just, he was understanding, you know, he was just wanting them to, to just download. He didn't react to the accusation that essentially he had failed to deliver. You know, he hadn't got rid of Rome. He just took time. He just took time and he had compassion and he listened. You know, I've had the odd mishap in my life and uh, it's quite interesting the reaction of some people. 
Um, and sometimes people sort of can be a bit blunt and they say, oh, have you fallen off anything lately? <laughs> and uh, I just smile and I say, nah, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> the temptation is to justify myself and give big explanations and all that. But I just think of, about my, my daughter-in-law, Lorraine, the last time I had a little minor farm incident and messed up my face a bit. She said, don't worry, Murray, you're still just as handsome to me. <laughs> Isn't that cool? She had compassion. She had understanding. She had, she had pastoral uh, giftings galore, you know. And Jenny and I were at a hui uh, several years ago, a Baptist hui down in Palmy, and, uh, and, and a guy got up and he shared how lonely he'd been at hui and how he hadn't met anybody. Uh, you know, he'd come from a little church. He hadn't been there long pastoring it, and he just felt lonely. And, and you know, the temptation might have been to say, well, what did you do to get to know somebody? <laughs> you know? But this guy at the front just said, sorry, bro. I'm really sorry about that, bro. Hey, we, we, we really, um, really want you to know we, we want to correct that. We want to put that right. We want to introduce you to some people. He was so pastoral, and I believe that's how Jesus was with this couple. That was his first key to getting these people back on track. He listened. Number two, he identified with them. Verse 27, he began with Scripture. Don't you just love that? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets. So Jesus brought them back to Scripture. That's a big key for us. You know, this Word, this Word of God, we, when we use Scripture as our basis for how to love, how to show kindness, how to allow for differences, and, and how to, you know, get rid of stereotypes, we want those things to not be in our, in our conversations and our, you know, in our kopapa. Um, we want to stop being judgmental. We want to have, you know, cultural sensitivity. We want to get rid of professional jealousy and all these things. But the Word of God is the key to how to do all of those things. He identified Jesus on that Emmaus encounter, now resurrected and free from pain, suffering and death, didn't need company. He chose to invest in these two because he only had weeks to equip them. And he could now walk through doors, walk through, walk through walls, sorry. Jesus is able to walk through walls because he's the door. We find that out in John 10 verse 7. He is the door. He's the gate to the shepherd of the sheepfold. So he don't need doors no more. <laughs> he eats food, but he can travel effortlessly through time and space. And he is intimately now, in this, at this point, he's an intimately at one with the Father and the Holy Spirit, never again to be separated from them by our sin. And he underwent all of that suffering and agony on the cross just to identify with us. Is anyone excited about that? Yes. He identifies with us now. He identified us with us then. 
dying as us, and he identified with this couple on the road. Surely we can let differences go and be able to identify with others that we encounter on our Emmaus roads. None of us know how long we have to share the gospel. So let's pray for God opportunities, God appointments. I think it's a good prayer, eh? God, give me some God appointments today. Number three, Jesus reveals himself. You may think his opening statements were harsh when he did start to speak in verse 25. Oh, foolish men and slow of heart. <laughs> sort of not quite, uh, you know, sounding too encouraging in that moment. But he was not unkind. He was being straight up. He was actually addressing a fundamental lack of faith that had been running through all of the disciples. No exceptions. After all that he'd invested in them, he could see that faith was kind of like seeping out of them all. You could almost say that they were hemorrhaging faith. They were a pretty glum lot. So he addressed it in that one opening statement. Oh, foolish men and slow of heart to believe and all that the prophets have spoken. He just he comes against the spirit of doubt. He's getting rid of the spirits of unbelief in that moment. He was being straight up. Jesus was addressing it plainly. These two, like all his disciples, were sincere, but they were defeated. How are you today? Are you sincere but, but a bit defeated? Well, he builds faith again with Scripture. He acts like he's going further, and then he finally reveals who he is in verse 31. But not until he'd broken bread with them. Have you had a revelation of the risen Christ? Are you living on this side of the cross, or are you still bound by the well-worn track between sin and the cross, needing to travel it so often to repent that you've almost got a season pass. Maybe it's time to step into the fullness of life in the Spirit and be filled daily with power to overcome. And number four, finally Christ opens their eyes, verse 31, same verse. He does a lot in that verse. <laughs> he opens their eyes. Christ warmed their hearts, warmed their hearts. He opened their eyes and then he was gone. His work was done. They were filled with a renewed sense of purpose. No longer walking sort of head down, you know. We get some of those young people in Huntley, but like that, eh? There's a sort of certain walk. I haven't got it. <laughs> the groping, groping in the darkness. You know, an encounter with the living Christ is fuel for the journey. We don't need to double guess everything and doubt ourselves over every little thing with constant hand wringing and analyzing. With the risen Christ in you, maybe it's time just to lift your head today, open your eyes, and just do it.
look for new opportunities to serve Christ or maybe just support what's already happening if it seems like God's in it, if you believe it is of God. Sometimes when we're not sure, just give it a go. Like an old speaker I listened to once said, you'll never know until you give it a go. (laughs) Just give it a go. Aaron often quotes the quote, fortune favors the, the, the brave, gets us into a lot of trouble. But anyway, no, no one ever changed the world without taking a risk and making some mistakes. I remember fourth form English, a big slogan on the wall was, the man who's never made a mistake has never really done anything. <laughs> There was another one alongside it that said, the man who can smile when everything's going wrong has probably just thought of someone he can blame. (laughs) I've probably just undone the first statement. (laughs) The man who's never made a mistake has never done anything. Yeah, that's very gender-biased, that statement, isn't it? Where were we? In in the end, it's all about Christ receiving all the glory and all the praise. Amen. Because it's his grace that enables us, and he specializes in eye-opening. It's his specialty, opening eyes. So if you want your own Emmaus encounter today, look up, child. Look up, child. That's another one of Lauren's songs. The greatest evidence of the risen Christ to the unbeliever is now Christ in you. So get out there and be like Nike and just do it. Amen. Lord, I just thank you for this encounter on the Emmaus Road. Lord, I just pray that we'd take these keys. We realize how pastoral you are toward our hearts, our souls. You actually look in to our soul and you minister to our deepest needs. Lord, you lift up our heads, open our eyes by identifying with us and just, yeah, being with us, standing with us and, um, and coming alongside. So, Lord, I just thank you for that. How wonderful. It is to know the resurrected Christ and Christ in us. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. 